Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Miles. And I'm Mars. This is a podcast where every single week we rediscover what makes music so special. Hey, Miles. Hey, Mars. So, what's the theme for this week? Well, the theme for this week is Mars went to a Kaliuchi's concert. Yeah. Basically. This is the Kaliucci special. It's the Kaliucci special. We talked about it a couple of times on the show. Yesterday, as of recording, I saw Kaliucci's live in Portland, and uh, I'll get into it, but Kaliucci's is absolutely my new favorite artist, full stop. Yeah. As anyone that knows Mars, <laughs> we know. <laughs> You love Kaliuchi's. I do. Despite only discovering her this year with isolation, Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to Por Vida a bunch of times, and I don't know, like, everything about her and her music just completely vibes with me in in such the right way. And I'll I'll get more into it, but Miles... Miles. Mind if we uh, switch it up a little bit? Yeah, sure. What if... And hear me out here, what if we did our new favorite first? Oh, okay. An unprecedented move. Interesting. <laughs> Who's going first this week, by the way? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Why don't you go first, because it'll make more sense. I think I am going first. I think you are. I think I am. So, Miles. So, Miles. What's your new favorite for this week? Well, in a total shocker, I'm sure, by people that know me, my new favorite for this week is No One Fucks With My Baby by Hosier. <laughs> right. I was waiting for something from Hosier's new release to yeah. make it onto this show. Well, because last week we were doing an echo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was there was no way around it. Yeah. So tell me about this song, this Hosier song. Well, I think Genius Lyrics, as always, has a pretty succinct summary, I would say. Hey, Genius Lyrics, just fucking sponsor us already. We shout you out literally every episode. First promo, Genius Lyrics, please. <laughs> when will hey, I'd be down. I'd be down. I'd be okay with it. All right. So, Nothing Fucks With My Baby is a love song for the end of the world, sonically tender and reflective. It follows the biblical themes expressed in other songs in the EP, although much more subtly. All right. Hosier does a lot of very spiritual music, which I will get into after we listen to it. And I think this is a very good embodiment of that sort of attitude in his music. I think the only Hosier song that I actually know and have listened to more than once is, uh, what is it called? Firestarter? (laughs) It's not Take Me to Church? It's not. Also, I don't think he has a song called Firestarter. It's not Firestarter, but it's the one where he's talking- Oh, Arsonist Lullaby. Arsonist Lullaby. That's what it is. Firestarter was another popular song that came out around that time, I think. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. I don't know things. Anyway. Neither do I. All I know is Hosea. It's my time. (laughs) Yeah, it is your time. This is my time. So without further ado, here's Nothing Fucks With My Baby. 420 Nice. I'm gonna kill you with a sword. (laughs) And I'll deserve it. Thank you. 
So the first thing that I really want to point out for this song, in the sidebar, there are a lot of tags for this song. Mm-hmm. You know, the first two are Ireland and singer-songwriter, which, f- fine. <laughs> the rest are all genres that people think describe this song, and I'm just going to read through them. Yeah, hit me. Gospel, soul, full rock, blues rock, indie rock, indie, adult contemporary, adult alternative, alternative, alternative rock, rock. It's a lot of genres in there, huh? It's a lot of genres in there. I agree with that. <laughs> so, Hoser, what what genre would, would you call this song? Well, it's a soul, folk rock, blues, indie rock, indie, adult contemporary, adult alternative, alternative, alternative rock, rock song. Irish. It's Yeah, Irish also. <laughs> And I'm a singer-songwriter. Also, I sung. (laughs) And I wrote it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I almost didn't want to talk about Hosier, because my love for Hosier and his music is very private. But I have very personal feelings towards him, and I probably won't get into that very much. But, I don't know, his words, like, even though I don't really relate to him as a person, I relate to a lot of the things that he's saying, just like his messages of adoration and gothic horror and protesting ring really loud and true for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, nothing fucks with my baby. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. To me, this is like the perspective of an angel falling in love with someone that's been resurrected during the apocalypse or like, or judgment day where everyone gets risen from the grave and gets, you know, decided where they go in life or in afterlife. And it sort of sounds like this angel is like seeing this person be resurrected and they want to save them or do something with them. And it's like this weird, like love and obsession. And it's really, it's really quite dark. If you haven't listened to the song. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, I haven't listened to most, uh, to much of Hosier, but most of what I've heard, if not everything I've heard has been pretty fucking dark. Yeah. He's very much, um, southern gothic he does a lot of like americana music being irish right yeah and and a lot of it is like folksy gothic horror like in it will come back it talks about like wolves coming back back to his house like looking for him after he feeds them he talks about digging people from the grave and not having any memories of your time before being buried i mean arsonist lullaby he talks about romanticizing arson Right. I mean, in Take Me to Church, it's all about this dark goddess that, like, influences him to do things. I don't know, he does a lot of weird shit, this hosey. It feels like the music is the soundtrack to a, like, a very specific TV show that Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Like a fucked up gothic horror supernatural drama yeah some real like preacher shit some real like the church is doing something suspicious and no one is talking about it and it's secretly a murder cult right something like that god i love this man i'm glad i mean dark music i mean like doing this podcast you know that i quite like folk music and that sort of thing but also more than that i i like Music that has weird and interesting stories to them. And we've talked about that before. I mean, kind of like um, with Lemon Demon, how it's not songs necessarily about him. It's just songs about weird shit. Right, yeah. And that's what I like about Hosea. Like, he's not a decomposing corpse in the middle of the woods that the police can't find. He's a dude. 
isn't he though? I mean, he is. He is fully. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense why people make allegories for him being Hades <laughs> or like some sort of arch fay or some shit. He has a lot of songs about decomposing. <laughs> A lot of forest talk from this guy. It's these weird scenarios in which he sings about, and I think it's really fascinating just to, like, be in that universe and to figure out what's going on. It's kind of like a mystery. Well, now I'm just imagining this this fictional Hozier TV show, <laughs> and I imagine it with, like, a total Twin Peaks vibe, like, yes, in a different sort of setting, you know? Yeah, instead of that, I don't know what coast you're on, but you're near Washington. Instead of mm-hmm. that aesthetic with all the pine trees and the snow and it shit. It would be the West Coast because it's on the west side of the country. That is true. So we call it the West Coast. So that's the coast. I don't give a that fuck that you were about looking America. For. I don't. No, but it's, I don't know. It feels like that's just a simple directional guess that you could have made. I don't know where shit is in America. All I know is that you're next to Washington. Do you know where Washington is, basically? No. <laughs> I watched one of those videos of people trying to guess states, like, in America. And I was like, boy, <laughs> I do not know this shit. I want you to, like, draw a map of, of the United States from memory. <laughs> I know six states, and I don't know where any of them are. I didn't know where New York was. That's true. So that's why I really want to. I thought New York was in the South, honestly. I was like, it's down really? there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know huh. what that fuck shit is. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about nothing fucks with my baby? Well, now I've got my mind wrapped up in this TV show that will never exist. For one of my classes this semester, for the major project, we're doing a group assignment where we have to make a Netflix pitch for a TV show or a movie, I think. So I'll just work on that and pitch that to my teacher and see if we can get some Yes, please do. Please do. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, Mars. Yeah, what up? What's your favorite song for this week? So my new favorite for this week is... A song by the opening act for Caliucci's last night, Sour Mango by Gabriel Garzon Montano. Garzon Montano. You got it. No, I got it, but I wanted to get it all all, without tripping. You trip over everything. I do, but I wanted to get a clean cut. That's fair. He put on a super fun performance because, like, for the most part, he was really just up there by himself without you know any backing band or anything okay he was up there wearing this this sort of this amazing sheer jacket thing oh that's excellent with like a a weird v-shaped undershirt i think and it was just showing off how ripped he was and like he and i made eye contact a couple times i think and yeah he was he was very hot (laughs) you should have seen the expression i just Oh, God. So I'd heard a couple of songs by him here or there, but seeing him live really convinced me to check him out and dive dive a little deeper into his music. Mm-hmm. So this is the second song off of his 2017 album, Jardin. Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember if he played this song during the set. I mean, he probably did, but we arrived right as he was wrapping up. Oh, okay. Still, I discovered the song because I was I was checking into him and it's it's absolutely my vibe and let's let's listen to it mango 
Damn, that is some crunchy ass production. Pretty damn good. Because everything is slightly off key, but has these really beautiful melodies. And the clapping in the background seems to like switch between being on the full beat and the half beat. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of random. Mm-hmm. The song keeps you on edge, but it's also soothing in a way. And that's very fitting for the story of the song. Talking about the sort of uncertain love, especially estranged uncertain love. Thinking all these sweet thoughts about what could be or what could have been, but also with the knowledge that it probably never will. Yeah, it actually reminds me of one of my favorite poems in like a kind of off-topic way. Sure. It's He Visits My Town Once a Year by Amir Kuchar. Mm-hmm. I do not know if you've heard of them, but it's, super haven't. It's five lines, so I will read it to you right now. Please do. <clears throat> he visits my town once a year. He fills my mouth with kisses and nectar. I spend all my money on him. Who girl, your man? No, a mango. <laughs> I think I have heard that poem. <laughs> it does the rounds on social media pretty often. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that sort of estranged love experience i mean i've definitely had things like that happen i feel like people a lot of people have people in their life or people who are no longer in their life for one reason or the other that they wish that things were different but they know that they can't be yeah i'll I'll tell a story so so this person is completely not in my life anymore to the point where like i have no way to contact them and we will most likely never see each other again. Mm-hmm. Still, for the sake of their privacy, I'm going to keep this sort of like short and anonymous. A few years ago, back when I was still in the middle of uh, several crises that I was desperately trying to avoid and not think about, I started dating this this really amazing, cool person. But for like several reasons, which, by the way, I take full responsibility for because I was not ready for that kind of commitment and was super desperate for affection and all this and it was just it wasn't great Hmm. and you know for for a lot of reasons it didn't work out and we split apart and we lost contact but i think you know we met each other at the wrong time in our lives and we could have been really amazing close friends but well that didn't happen yeah and i don't know i still i still think about what could have been with them you know i don't i know it's but yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> that's fine um it is hard and going through like different periods of change and like you do sometimes just meet people at the totally wrong time in your life and you feel like you sort of ruined it and sometimes it's your fault sometimes it isn't sometimes it's no one's fault and right it's hard to kind of navigate that i mean like our society is made out of social cues and social contacts with other people and it's sort of weird to navigate when you have all these different feelings towards a person and no one else can really like give you advice because no one is you and no one has gone through the same experiences as you and it's just interesting to navigate things yeah i i mean look all like all i can really do of course is focus on what i have and not what i not who i've lost and really focus on the friends that i do have and have kept yeah but i don't know I feel like the way that I I treated this person is something that I I really regret. Yeah. And it's 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 really a mistake that I can't take back. Yeah. And going past that, that sort of emotion and that sort of wistfulness and and you know, 
empty sort of wishing. Yeah. It really rings throughout the song and throughout the production. And it's it's like I keep talking about with lyrics and production really grooving with each other and, and finding a common purpose. Yeah. I really like the song. This song could have really easily been like a really sad, depressing song. But with the production, mm-hmm. it's this sort of yeah, more nostalgic, more wistful sort of song. You can't change the past, but there's nothing wrong with pining. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> I really like this song. It 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 makes me it makes me feel feelings. It's very you. It is very me. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think that's that's all I have to say about this song. It's it's really good and it's special. Yeah, it it brings up feelings that I really don't think about very much. Hmm. Are they feelings that you prefer not to think about, or things that you should think about? They're just feelings. I don't know. <laughs> just hasn't like hasn't come up in a while. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But anyway, that's it. So Miles. So Miles. Uh, what what trouble am I getting into this week? Oh God. In in this week's <laughs> quiz corner. Da 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 da. <laughs> I forgot it was the fucking Transformers theme. Oh no. It's hard developing a narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Boy, I love being a DM. <laughs> Can't wait to do a DM podcast. Right. Was fucking bloody. I don't know why I'm talking like a bloke. Alright. <clears throat> that was a bit okay. weird. Alright. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Last we left off. Mm-hmm. You were standing in front of a big old mahogany door with a knocker on it. And you correctly answered three questions. And the door I sure opened did. up to you. And cool, what's behind this door? And you know what's behind this door? What's behind the door? <laughs> Well, before all you could see was the desert stretching out to the horizon before you. And after right. you open the door, you see in sort of a crater in the sand, an expansive city in the valley between the dune you stand on and the one across the way. And there's a colorful patchwork of blankets shading the streets. And you can see very faintly people milling about. Cool. I guess I walk through the door into the city, I guess. All right. Question number one. Wait, what? <laughs> that can't be how this works. It is. I get to make the rules. It's my corner. <laughs> it's a narrative ha- happening around a question. <laughs> okay. All right. No, all right. Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Question one. Dolly Parton had a 1981 hit with which song from the film of the same name? Okay. Is it A, Dumb Blonde, B, 9 to 5, or C, Hello God? Oh, it was definitely 9 to 5, and I think they're making another one soon, like a sequel to that movie soon. Oh, that's fun. It's 5 to 9. <laughs> Sleepy <Whatever>. time. Whatever. <laughs> No, no, that's the sequel. It's five to nine. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> Don't be terrible. We'll I'm at t- home five to nine. <laughs> Eating Cheez-Its and watching CBN. I don't know anything in America. C- CBN isn't one, but it's, it is now. It's, it stands for Center of Bees. Center of Bees. Incorporated. Incorporated. Also, you got it right. It's it's nine to five. You got yeah. it right. Ding ding yeah. ding. <laughs> All right. The five, six, seven, eights, the rock trio shown in Kill Bill Volume One, are from which Japanese city? Are they from A. Osaka, B. Nara, or C. Tokyo? So. I haven't seen any of the Kill Bill movies all the way through. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like 
super violent flicks, mm-hmm. and I really don't like Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, being that this is a Quentin Tarantino movie, I feel like the only Japanese city he knows is Tokyo, so I'm uh, gonna go with that. I will give you, like, just as a, you know, before you finalize your answer, the 5678s are a real band, and they are from a real city. Oh! Oh, okay. Well, that's very important information to know. Yeah, boom. Okay. In that case, since they're a real city, I'm going to guess... Since they're a real city. I know what I said. I know what you said. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Osaka. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right, fair enough. They are indeed from Tokyo. <laughs> For, come on! <laughs> okay. I mean, I felt it was fair to warn you, because just in case, it changed your mind. It was fair to warn me, but I did give the right answer, and you could have just let me have it. Yeah, but then you would have had it. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I'll give you a point five for that. We're not actually keeping score, are we? Oh, no. <laughs> this doesn't matter at all. This is to progress the narrative from A to right. B. This is the gray area. So, so, yeah, so what happens if I fail? <laughs> What's the story implication? Uh, you'll figure it out. Okay. So, yeah, I fucking hate Quentin Tarantino. I'm pretty sure everyone does. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he Unfortunately, sucks. Kill Bill is one of my favorite movies just because the women in that movie are fucking fantastic. And I do like ultra-violent films. That's about it. <laughs> and Inglourious Bastards is one of my favorite movies, but it's absolutely in spite of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, not yeah, because. fully. What a fucking cunt. Yeah, I don't tend to like ultra-violent films, but I, I feel like seeing Hitler get blown apart is pretty pretty satisfying to watch it's a feeling that defies directors yeah yeah what a bastard what a dick anyway anyway what's what's question three question three in which ice house song would you find the lyrics they're gonna betray you they're gonna forget you are you gonna let them take you over this way is it from A, Great Southern Land, B, Land Down Under, or C, Immigrant Song? Well, I don't, I know it's not Immigrant Song, because that's by a different band. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Land Down Under, because I also think that's from a different band. Mm. So I guess I'm going to go with the, the first one, which I forgot. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Ding, ding, ding. The, yeah, there it is. It is indeed Great Southern Land by Ice House. There we go. Gotta get your Australian trivia up in here. Yeah. So you sort of stumble your way down the dune. I'm making a lot of assumptions, but I assume that sand isn't the best surface to walk down. And I'm tall and kind of uncoordinated. You're gangly, and, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, not wearing the right shoes for it. Yeah, so I'm wearing you... some, some, like, fun pumps. <laughs> That's an image. Just not the right shoes for, for a duny environment. So you gangle your way. <laughs> I gangle my way like most of a spider. That's a gross image and you have to know that. (laughs) It is. It is. Big fuck. So (laughs) you gangle your way down the sand dune and just as you reach the sort of edge of the city and you can see people walking about, the camera cuts away and then we move to the other segment. Oh, okay. And that that was Quiz Corner. So the entire the entire narrative this episode was Mars walks across a dune a, a little bit like an idiot. Yeah, it took you a while to get down the sand dune. It really did. It you know you're very bad at it. Yeah, I mean not not too terrible. I mean still did get two questions right. Yeah, you got so. down there. 
if you got all of them, then you would have just fucking stomped down that fucking catwalk. No, I, I, I would have, I would have skate like I would have skidded down there. <laughs> just went down on your butt and just fucking no, 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 slid on, down. on my shoes, but like you know, snowboarding without a snowboard. Sandboarding. Sandboarding. Sand shoeing. I'm sure it is. Probably. I feel like Most sand likely. surfing's a thing. That's it's got to be a thing. There's it's no be way that sand surfing isn't a thing. Got to be. It's got to be a thing. Anyway. Anyway, let's take it to the break. Hey, welcome to the break. I just want to remind everyone once again of the upcoming elections going on on November 6th in the U.S., which really isn't that far off. This is a massive election, and now is the time to make sure that you are registered to vote and that you are aware of and prepared for your state's voter ID laws. It's also important to look ahead at your ballot and research who you think would be the best candidate before you head into the booth so that you know who you're voting for. We can and will weaken and defeat this fascist rich asshole and his fascist rich asshole friends and knock incumbents out to get people who actually care about the quality of human life in a position where they can do some good. You can get voting info on sites like vote411.org. With that out of the way, I hope you're enjoying the show. If you have a nice or encouraging message you would like to share with a fan of the show, you can email us at artghostpod at gmail.com, and we will read it during the break here. Or I will read it. Miles Miles doesn't get to be here. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to it. Hey everyone, welcome back. How are y'all doing? You can't answer me. No. Sit down. We've made tea. Yes. Welcome to our humble space. I hope you enjoy the lovely chairs that we have prepared for you. I made them. Made them from our own bones. Uh, I'm very sick. <laughs> My body's wrong. So I'm I'm not doing a segment this week because truth be told. Miles didn't want to. Doing one every week is just it's just too much work and i've got enough on my plate at this moment that's true so i'm just gonna do one whenever i feel like it Mm -hmm. so let's let's get into the cali uchi's portion of tonight's event Mm -hmm. so i found i found a quiz oh for the love of god we can't (laughs) do we no we cannot do this many quizzes Per, like you cannot bring a quiz like let's for you i found a quiz is like your catchphrase mm-hmm. so you know obviously this episode's a little bit different in in that we did our our new favorites first but also it's different in that we're not really taking turns as much for the second half Mm-hmm. because we're just going to talk about both the show that I went to and also Isolation as an album mm-hmm. and just kind of have a general conversation about it. So, Miles, so Miles, you are not as big of a Caliucci's fan as I am. This is going to be a pretty Mars-heavy section. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Just because, like, I mean, I didn't have the opportunity to go see it. I haven't, like, listened to all their albums. I listened to Isolation, like, this week. Like, 
you know, I'm not super well versed. Off of your first impressions for this album, mm-hmm. well, why don't you get us started? So, isolation is, okay, I'm going to give you a lot of images. Close your eyes, picture these beautiful... Okay, I'm, I'm closing my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like retro dream pop mixed with R&B, mixed with like daft punk funk, like a very specific type of funk. And also just like Mort Garrison sort of backing with this weird 60s Bahamas resort singer vibe. It's a lot of things happening at once. It is. I did not understand most of what you just said, but it is a lot of things happening at once. But it's really balanced. It really is. Her aesthetic, it it feels so uniquely her. There are definitely some comparisons initially that I made between uh, her and Amy Winehouse, especially in some of her, her later songs on the album. But listening to the album more and and really identifying her style and her aesthetic and you know all that Mm. like it's clearly influenced by you know this that and the other but it is so distinctly her also yeah not everyone can pull off combinations of music like that like yeah even just people who switch genres occasionally like even going back to my favorite song of the week Hosea like he goes kind of in between mostly folksy stuff and gospely stuff and she goes from like six different genres <laughs> and mm-hmm. sort of just blends them in a really smooth really natural organic way yeah absolutely and it's important to note that she is you know, she co-produced every song on the album. Mm-hmm. She she has her hands in every part of in every part of the in every part of the the soup. Is that the expression? Yeah, she's got a hand in every bit of the soup, and I don't know how you do that with a liquid, but she's definitely got a hand in there. Yeah, you know, you egg. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I and I think that's important for this to like actually mesh together properly. Is like when artists have sort of an idea or a theory or a vision of what they want to do, they are the only person that can really exact that in its complete like capacity. Because mm-hmm. art is one of those things where you can't quite explain it if someone doesn't have the exact same experiences as you. In philosophy, that's what we call qualia is life life experiences that can't be related to because you can't explain them with words that's why you can't explain mm-hmm. colors to people who are blind or people who are colorblind oh shit Kaliuchi says that she wants to drop another album before the end of the year are you on her twitter no no <laughs> i was on her genius lyrics page which by the way she like gives annotations and detailed descriptions for her songs and I know, is I love the that. top contributor to her own lyrics analysis I love that. I mean, we've talked about how, like, a lot of the time I prefer songs that are sort of more up to interpretation, a lot of artists, like, leave it up to interpretation. But I do love that she's putting it out there, like, well, this is the vibe that I was going for. And this is something that, you know, ties into the to the show. Like, I, I don't think she's like, oh, this is the meaning, this is the definitive whatever yeah but it's just like this is what the song meant to me at the time when i was writing it this is the feelings that i was experiencing these are the thoughts that i was having and actually during the show before some of the songs she would like talk about about just that like she was incredibly earnest and genuine and she would just talk with us about what songs what they meant to her and you know all that Mm -hmm. and where she was when she wrote it. She talked about her depression and working multiple jobs when she was younger. She opened the show by saying something along the lines of, uh, like, I'm still getting used to people showing up. 
Yeah. Like she she was so humble and wonderful and like also super confident and on top of everything. Yeah, she has the aura of someone who is like not necessarily put together because she still struggles, but she's like confident and chill all the time. Yeah, absolutely absolutely. Like she she went backstage a couple of times to like fix things with the show like she was in it damn she was having fun and but also working very hard to make sure that we were having fun too hell yeah she wasn't just a great performer but also just like a great host which i think is very important for live act like i i absolutely think so yeah i think it's a key component because like my favorite well one of my favorite live albums to ever listen to is the waves and i can't remember which one it is it might be when i die i'm not sure it's one of their like early Mm -hmm. 2000s albums and i've only ever heard the record live version because it's all we had on cassette for the car and they had these great like little interludes between every song for like two to five minutes just talking about little in-betweens of the songs like Carliucci's did and it made it Mm -hmm. such like an interesting immersive experience because you actually get like the mentality of what they were thinking when they were writing it's really interesting and I don't think the album would be half as interesting if that wasn't in there yeah absolutely like I think what makes live shows so interesting and so special is that sort of because you know like for for people like you and me maybe a a better experience could be just listening to the music by ourselves and not surrounded by a whole bunch of people fully yeah and getting elbow checked all the time but like there's so much value to seeing an artist live and especially if they're giving you a little insight or or giving you something more Mm -hmm. because okay Let's just fully um, get into me talking about how good the show was. Because I'm already talking about it. So let's just get into it. This show owned and it ruled and it was very, very good. I'm glad. It was not a perfect show by any stretch of the imagination. It was her second show on the tour. Only one of the first few times that she's ever headlined a tour by herself, I I believe. I mean, she fucking crushed it. But there were some hiccups of like... Yeah, after Gabriel left the stage, there was like an hour of waiting before she got on. Mm. But, you know, that just happens. But of course, like as soon as she got on, I just immediately forgot about all that waiting. And I, I actually have some video of her entrance, well, which I will post on our Twitter when oh, this yeah. releases. I'll, I'll go ahead and send it to you. Oh, sure. She certainly cuts a silhouette. Oh, absolutely. So the stir of the show... A spotlight hit the middle of the curtain behind the stage, and there she was, silhouetted, and then the opening to Dead to Me starts playing. And as it's building up, you can see her shadow dancing around, and then as soon as it goes into her first verse, she struts out wearing sparkly, skinny-cut, high-waisted pants and a long-sleeve, cropped, sparkly shirt, Mm -hmm. big hoop earrings, and sunglasses that she never took off. That's iconic. <laughs> yeah, she just looked over them sometimes. Like, yeah, she's she's a goddamn icon. Also, that's a classic look for her, the, the high-waisted pant with a crop long sleeve. Yeah, no, she loves that look, and it looks good on her. Fantastic. So a couple songs in, she says into the mic, so I'm like, uh, hey, Susan, can you get my other black shoes? I can't dance in these. <laughs> I love that. And then a few songs later, she she gets the shoes and starts changing in the middle of the set like Mr. Goddamn Rogers. Beautiful. I didn't get that reference, but beautiful. She, you don't get, I, I mean, like, I know Mr. Rogers. Rogers probably didn't, 
I'm sure it didn't air, but I'm sure you've seen him on the internet. I mean, I've seen the man. I don't know what he does. All right, fair enough. Anyway, actually, so she she changed one shoe and then got up to do a song and then changed <laughs> the other shoe during an instrumental break. I love that. Okay. She was rocking in two different shoes for a not insignificant amount of time because she does not miss her cues. That's very good. Okay, let's get into the album a little bit. Okay. So... If you had to pick a favorite. Oh, my God. My favorite is probably Coming Home, which is an interlude. Oh, no, I really liked Coming Home. I think I made a billion songs, but nothing would ever heal the wound. No, nothing would ever sail the wound. No, nothing. Now I gotta go. I'm coming home. Coming home. It's been too long. Yeah, it's a really good song. It's... It's my mom's favorite as well. It is Cute. definitely one of the best on the album. What was interesting, there was a glaring omission from her set list. Yeah. So there were no special guests. She played a little bit of After the Storm, but cut off before Tyler's bit, obviously. Yeah. But the glaring omission is that she did not play Miami. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. She played all of the other hits. She played Just a Stranger, Flight 22, Your Teeth in My Neck, Dead to Me, Nuestra Planeta, After the Storm. She played, she, Killer, she played all of the hits. But not Miami. But not Miami. It was so weird. Very bizarre to me. Yeah. So, okay. Here, here's here's a, a kind of funny story. So right before playing Your Teeth in My Neck, she starts talking about how rich people are vampires and how corporations don't give a fuck about us and are evil. And I was like, fuck yeah, Callie. But one drunk white dude started booing her while she was talking about the politics behind the song. And of course, everyone near near him was like, what the fuck up? Yeah, dude, what the fuck are you doing and she totally ignored him which was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. but this dude really felt the need to boo the very apparent and obvious politics of the song and then proceed to dance to it immediately after finish booing Mm -hmm. it was so fucking weird (laughs) very bizarre yeah and then like the last slight disappointment of the show was that she finished her set and then walked off stage and we the whole crowd chanted for an encore for about 10 minutes and she didn't come back out yeah that is kind of disappointing yeah it's a little disappointing but the show was so great and there are a million different reasons why she wouldn't do one uh, including like hey maybe she didn't prepare a, an encore with the band maybe you know this that the other we could speculate but it was still a fantastic show yeah she you know had this this band who was playing every element of her songs live which is pretty impressive which is pretty impressive and pretty fun and it sounded like album quality it really did so how do you think her live performance compares to her recorded performance they're two different experiences because in terms of like the songs themselves i I would say that the album is better but i would not trade that experience for anything yeah like seeing her live and seeing her dance and have fun and talk earnestly about herself and the songs it wasn't a perfect show but it was a perfect performance yeah i like that no i would i would not trade that experience for anything It, it was it was really fucking good what are you, what are you, what are you, what are your what what are your what are your some of your favorite songs from this from this album? <laughs> well, I think After the Storm is like everyone's favorite. It is pretty fucking excellent.
that pop up on the scene. Feeling better, better than ever. Cause your umbrella, umbrella. Yeah, After the Storm is is definitely the biggest song because, you know, Tyler, the creator, is on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, if you're listening, haven't like watched the music video for After the Storm, go do that shit. It's it very is. good. I mean, look, you should be listening to the entire album. Obvi. But that's a good that's a great place to start. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people's first exposure to her when she started getting like even more popular. Yeah. And it's just like this great fifties dream pop fucking I don't know. It's just iconic. It's very spring. It's very floral, very pastel, and it's fucking fantastic. And it's also just a great song. But my other two favorites while listening are In My Dreams and Gotta Get Up. Yeah, there's this whole bit at the end, the sort of gotta get up into tomorrow, into coming home, into after the storm is kind of like a four-part story. Yeah, I agree with that. Or actually, it, it goes all the way back to In My Dreams. So it's a f- five-song story. Yeah, and, and, and like like parts of the music like go into mm-hmm. each other and like it's all very... Yeah. Oh, and In My Dreams features the gorillas, I'm uh, pretty sure. It, it right? just features Damon Albarn. Uh, <laughs> what I love about In My Dreams is that he pops in for like five seconds and then dips and then he's gone. <laughs> Bye. Oh shit, two D's here. Oh, bye. Oh, bye bye. Like, Just a Stranger, Your Teeth in My Neck, and Dead to Me. Those, those are the songs that, like, got me into Caliucci's. Those are the songs that convinced yeah. me, my, Your Teeth in My Neck especially, convinced me that Caliucci's was not only a, an amazing and talented artist, but also worth paying attention to. And yeah. also, I mean, I don't know. Kaliuchi's is the most important artist to me of this generation. Full stop. I think that's really beautiful. I feel like we, we both bought artists this episode that made Yeah, yeah, we really did. Uh, this this was this was sort of a a personal touchy feely episode. <laughs> I think what got me into Kaliuchi uh, is when she covered Tomorrow by Tammy Impala. Did she? I don't think I've seen I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, it's really good, and uh, Tammy and is one of my favorite bands, so I was like, oh, sick. I don't think I've actually heard, like, a crazy amount of Tammy and They're real popular in Australia, mm-hmm. so maybe that's why. They're reasonably popular here, I just am not familiar. Can't be fucked, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's more, like, hipstery alternative, so I don't know. <laughs> so, in my dreams, I really like the song, because she does do this really fantastic way of, like, making everything very dreamy and very... Yeah, absolutely. I guess, like, maybe even sensual. It's very, like, soft and alluring, maybe. I, I would definitely not call it an expressly horny energy. It's not. It's just, like, she does have big dick energy. Yeah, 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 she does, yeah. And that's not necessarily horny. It's just, like, she's there. You're going to pay attention to her. She commands a room. She absolutely commands the room. So in my dreams, first verse, it really gets you into the sort of landscape of the song pretty immediately. When mm-hmm. she says, 
I'm feeling happy inside, I've got no reason to hide, I'm a dream girl, I'm never stressing my bills, nobody ever gets killed, it's the dream world, my mum are never on coke, this isn't my way to cope, washing my mind out with soap. And it immediately is just like, you know, obviously she's lying and she's trying to cope right, with like yeah. whatever situation she's in. But that is like such a perfect metaphor for her dreamy sort of sounds combined with her lyrics that are very real and often very upsetting. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. Like... She talks about some pretty, yeah, upsetting and, and kind of fucked up things. Like, like in Miami, she talks about how, how when she was growing up and really trying to break out into music in Colombia, like her family were totally skeptical of her career and didn't get how she was able to travel and afford her apartment and all that. Mm-hmm. So her family made up rumors that she had become an escort. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she talks about that sort of shit. Like, like you're right. She definitely talks. And, like, Your Teeth in My Neck is basically a socialist anthem. Yeah. But she says it, everything like, in such like, a cool, confident way that, like, mm-hmm. it's almost subconscious. Yeah. And, like, her lyricism is absolutely incredible. During the show, there were several times where, like, during a song, she would, like, just stop singing, and everyone in the crowd was, already, like, was singing. Yeah. Like, everybody in that crowd knew the songs, and they were super energetic, and they were super fucking excited to see her. Yeah. Like, Isolation is my album of the year. Yeah. Like... Unless something crazy happens in the next couple months, which I doubt it, Isolation is my album of the year. Dirty yeah. Computer is number two. Oh, man, we've got to get more to Janelle. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, this is an absolutely iconic album. And we will probably get into that. We'll do, like, a little New Year's talk about our favorite albums. Then. Oh, yeah, we will absolutely do our breakdown of the albums of the year. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, favorite music of the year. We will absolutely do that 100%. Hell yeah. So, I think I have one final question for you. Sure, uh, go ahead. So, she did say that she was working on, you know, new album stuff, trying to come up with even more content. Uh-huh. What is something from Carly that she hasn't necessarily done either yet or much of yet that you would love to see on the new album? Huh. So, Poor Vita was her sort of breakthrough EP. She also has a, a mixtape called Drunken Babble, which I haven't listened to. Mm-hmm. And Poor Vita is, it's a great EP and I love it to bits. It is definitely not as much of a series of coherent ideas as Isolation is. Yeah. Isolation is, you know, everything fits together and has a joined aesthetic and has... It's it's an album that is really worth listening to. In its entirety. From start to finish. Yeah. Especially, you know, on your first couple of listens. Yeah. That way all, like, the interludes make sense and that sort of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess my only real hope for the new album is that she doesn't just sort of bring the same thing that she brought in Isolation. Because I love Isolation, but I don't know that I want Isolation again. I want Kelly She's to expand and explore different sounds and different ideas, and I think she's going to. I I am not worried about it at all. Mm. But in terms of, like, specific things, it's really hard to say are there any like particular genres or anything like that you wish you would lean on more or get more into not real i feel like i feel like i i trust her to do her music better than i could recommend 
Oh. So no, I I guess not. I guess I guess not, Miles. I think that's a pretty good answer. Uh, so I think that's it for this this week's episode. I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. If you have any ideas for what we should talk about on the first half of the show, or just whenever we've broken the rules a lot, we just do whatever we want. There aren't any rules. No rules. Just no rules. Just wrong. Yeah, that's definitely more our style. No rules. Just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or if you have any song recommendations that you would like to share with us, you can tweet us at ArtGhostPod on Twitter or email us at ArtGhostPod at gmail.com. We do a special episode every couple of months just for song suggestions, starting on October 3rd with episode 10. If you liked the show, please do share it with a friend because we don't advertise, so word of mouth is really the only way that we get our show out there to, to new ears. By the and, way, if anyone has any connections yeah. to, like, Dollar Shave Club or, like, Skillshare <laughs> or anything like that, man, fucking hit us up. Artghostpod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, GeniusLyrics.com if you would like to sponsor the show. Genius um, Lyrics, give us five bucks. We will do an episode on you. We t- <laughs> I don't know how we to do just, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we would do for that. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the other side. Bye. Arrivederci. I was trying to think of the word for goodbye in Japanese, and you know, it was. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, I know it's that, thing. but I was gonna do more. Like I was gonna do a bunch of different mm-hmm. ones. Uh, what is it? it was bonsoir. As a could have done aloha. adios. Adios. What the fuck is the word for goodbye in Japanese? I don't know. Um. Oh my god! I did this for four years. I'm such a fucking idiot. That's life. Ain't no way to say Forgot the words in Japanese <laughs> <laughs> Gonna die <laughs> <laughs>